Alrighty, beautiful people. Here we are back on the Virtus Performance Podcast. Can't even say the business name. Katie, welcome. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Mate, it's an absolute pleasure. <laughs> um, first question for you. Mm. What gets you out of bed in the morning? Mm, good one. You know what? Without being like cliche, I think just being healthy and always wanting to um, reach your best health. Um, I love that. I'm obsessed by that. Yeah. Have you always been obsessed with health? Uh, I've always been into it, yeah, yeah. Probably not obsessed, yeah. but yeah, I've just always sort of been drawn to it. What yeah. is it about, actually, what is your definition of health? What is health to mm. you? When you say, I want to be healthy or I want to promote health, what is what yeah. is that? What does it look like? Well, probably not obsessive, as I yeah. <laughs> said. That's not a good Let's start Let's change that word. <laughs> we'll talk about um, that. I think um, for me, what's really important is to have a really good balance in life um, and diet and exercise and all, all aspects of it. Uh, I really think it does come down to balance. I think that's how you feel the best, look the best, are the best. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is that it in a nutshell? Do yeah, we go more? I, th I think so. No, that, that, that's a, I think that's a really good definition because it kind of, it allows you to do it's almost like a baseline mm. or a baseline framework to allow you to live your best life mm. and to do what you want to do. I mean, to be fair, I would say when it comes to diet, I would probably be more like 80-20 rule. When it comes to exercise, probably quite similar. Yep. When it comes to lifestyle, um, you know, routines and things are great, um, but I also allow like flexibility too. So that's really it across the board. Yeah. What? How has health manifested itself in your in your life to to get you to the point where you are now? Mm, I think I probably started off on my path. So I'm a qualified naturopath um, and I have two qualifications in naturopathy. And I think I ended up there because as a child with certain illnesses um, that were misdiagnosed medically, unfortunately, yeah. um, I was able to find the right help through natural medicine and different naturopaths. So that sort of spiked my introduction to uh, yep. naturopaths, natural medicine, and all the alternative options that are available. Um, and I guess that's sort of how I pursued it. Um, I mean, God, in high school, I had no idea what I wanted to do. <laughs> no one does. Like and careers coordinator, how meetings crazy with Walshie. are those conversations? Yeah, no idea. Shout out to Walshie if you're watching. I know. We did I okay. She used to live in my street, by the way. I don't know if she's still there. She's a star. Yeah. Um, but no, oh, God, are that, you know, they pull out the quiz you know what are your skills and all yep. the rest of it and it's like oh you, you could be a good nurse and you could be a physio or you you know so I could be a teacher so that's what I got into I got yep. into a double degree in um, primary and high school education um, and I deferred I think I I was sort of interested but I think didn't really know just wasn't did you go straight from high school to yeah, uni? yeah. Well, I went to TAFE. Yep. That's what I ended up choosing. So I ended up going and doing an advanced diploma in naturopathy. Yeah. So you went straight away. Yeah. 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 Um, in hindsight, probably would have taken a gap year. Got some life skills behind <laughs> me. So and I'm just not. Yeah, totally. I mean, I first qualified as a naturopath when I had just turned 21. Yeah. Wow. I think life experience when it comes to treating health conditions is so important. Yeah. And I would see clients back then that were like postmenopausal. I, I couldn't relate. <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah. it was hard enough trying to relate to women who were like wanting to conceive. So, yeah, yeah th then 
there were there's about a ten year period in between that time and my second um, my degree qualification, yeah. and I've learned a lot since then. Like I can, I, I can talk to postmenopausal yeah. <laughs> women and be like, okay, like can't personally relate, but I understand what's going on for you. Yeah, one one of the almost like principles that we built this place on is like you can't give what you haven't. Well, you can't share what you haven't experienced and can't give what you haven't gotten. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to go through that thing, but spending time um, with people who have and, mm. and learning from their shared experience kind of helps you build your understanding and your your knowledge base to then be able to help, right? Because yeah, totally. you don't have to have gone through the same thing. I but love that. I feel like you're the king of quotes, by the way. Um, yeah, they the way I look at quotes is like they're like a framework for the mm. living the life I want to live. So I when it. I when I run into a gap of like what I need to do here or how do I want to be, I just lean on people that are way smarter and (laughs) have done way more than me or lived thousands of years ago or whatever. I've got like a um, quote list um, on my computer that I hear things and save them here and there. But yeah, um, yeah, otherwise I can resonate with quotes when I hear them, love Mm. them in one ear, out the other. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've got, I reckon I've got like 10, 15 that just like embedded into my psyche that just force me to, do things that I know I should do that I don't want to do. Mm. And I like, there's one that we've got on the wall down here, standards we walk past, the standards we accept. I like so it. Whenever I thought I you were going to say the other one, the um, good good people, good Good, good things with good yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's up there. Um, but whenever I walk past a piece of rubbish on the on the ground, like sometimes I'll walk past it and then that quote, some like the, my brain will just, my subconscious will just go like, Stands you walk past, and Ooh. I'll have to go back and get it. And good. I'm like, fuck, I hate myself. No, but, but also, it it's a good thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So All that's that's that. why I love quotes. Uh, but nice. this isn't about me, this is about you. Um, so, for the people playing at home, what is a naturopath? <laughs> um, so, a naturopath is uh, like uh, similar to a holistic, say, doctor. Not a doctor yep. qualification, but what you would see a naturopath for is yep. basically any health condition. Um, and the type of treatment you can expect from a naturopath, and we all work very differently. Um, but for myself, for example, would include diet advice first and foremost, yep. lifestyle advice always. I think we everyone um, can improve those aspects in in their life. Yeah. Um, sometimes supplement advice if it comes to like nutritional deficiencies, um, or if they need adrenal support or hormonal support or whatever it may be. Um, but yeah, just uh, a holistic view on sort of trying to find the cause of the symptoms. So yep. not just giving, oh, here's a Band-Aid for your yep. cut, but you the know, reason for why are you yep. cutting easily or, you know, yep. that, that was a really bad example. But <laughs> I mean, we'll work on the analogies. We'll get there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so talk me through, we'll talk about like your principles around mm. your practice and how you do it and how what it looks like kind of. As we go, but I want to let's talk about through your your um, journey. So you did the um, cert, and then you yeah. went to then you went to uni. So I did the advanced diploma. Graduated yep. when I was twenty one. Um, my work experience straight from there. I um, immediately um, got a job with another local naturopath. Um, I don't want to complain. <laughs> now go on. Okay, we had a conversation pre podcast <laughs> where Katie was like, "I don't want to be that." The, the guest that just complains, but I want to find a way to articulate how things didn't go the way I wanted it to. Absolutely, yeah. So if you think Katie's yeah. complaining, <laughs> throw in the hate mail now. 
But no, tell it, tell it how you want to tell it. Uh, okay. So I went and got this job with a local naturopath and the agreement was um, basically like a mentorship. She, uh, when she was at my stage, said that she had an amazing mentor that taught her the ropes and she learned so much through that yeah. experience. So it was something that she wanted to give back and do. So for me, I was like, wow, hit Perfect. the ground running. Yeah. This is awesome. Um, so then I got in and then the agreement sort of was like, even though you're qualified, I don't want you in my clinic giving people advice without me signing off on it. So I was like, okay, that's pretty strict. But at the same time, how good that I can have all my work proofread by this mentor. Like I'll learn so much. Anyway, it all fizzed out pretty quickly because she was unavailable to meet to approve my work. So then my patients were left waiting and I just felt so terrible. But then once I did meet with her, she was like, I don't understand why you need me for all this. Like you can't do anything yourself. This isn't working out. (laughs) So I left that place. Careful what you wish for. uh, And I left and... um. It really was like, at that. if that happened now, I would feel totally different about mm. it. I'd probably walk away and be like, oh my God, like whatever. Yeah, we well probably wouldn't sign up for it in the first place That in that, no, that way, right? No, that's it. But at the time, I'd only just turned 21 and like, I, yeah, just didn't have that life experience mm. or confidence and it really just shook like my confidence out of me as a fledging naturopath. Yep. So then I thought, oh, right, like maybe I'm not meant to do this. And I took that with me. Yeah. Um, and then I got started doing more of what I thought I was good at, which was the nutrition side of it. And I think I am good at nutrition. I think I'm also a great naturopath. But I, I think my passion um, sort of wore thin over the years for nutrition because a lot of people seek help w- with nutrition for dieting purposes. Yes. Whereas I use nutrition as medicine and I love that aspect to it. And there's no issue with either one. It's just that my passion is to use nutrition holistically yes. and to help heal and to get the best out of people, yep. not to be on like a super depleting, cutting calorie deficit bodybuilding type of thing so anyway I went on and did that um, and it lasted a few years and I was so busy doing it and it basically all became online which at that stage was great because I had no overheads and yeah um, I guess that sort of was the start of my stepping stone to get into all the fitness modeling and the competitions that I was doing which is a whole nother story yeah what was that like because obviously you've like the fitness models and modeling and the competitions, there's a there's the element of the depletion mm. diet and the <clears throat> and obviously there's the you know two sides of it right. There's the surplus and the and there's mm. the there's the deficit sides and changes depending on where you're at and what, when your comps are and all those kind of things. What was that like doing that, but then also in practice, kind yeah. of doing the opposite in a way in terms of how you're. Yeah, I think this is where I was really lucky with my competition history. Um, and I mean that, like when I say, oh, I think I was lucky, people go, oh no, it wasn't luck, like you worked hard. Yes, I did, but I also was very lucky at that point in time. I did 24 competitions and I placed in every single one. And if I did that now, I would not place (laughs) in probably any of them. Because at the time when I was competing, I was the look that the judges were going for. Today's standards, I'm not. And that's, a, that's, that's okay. Fa- fascinating how the goalposts move it's, and, oh. and it could, could, could give you a complete... Like, it can move overnight. I guess the judges there. Like, and that's the thing with effectively a subjective mm. sport. Um, yeah. yeah. You're just it's determined by the judges. Yeah. yeah, it's fascinating. But in terms of where I say I was lucky, I what I liked about that was I was able to do it and do well through that, that period of time 
um, and not have to deplete the way other athletes yep. were going to like crazy extents. So I would basically yep. eat well, I'd exercise every day yep. and I'd sleep well and yeah. I had a pretty so healthy, balanced life and I did base. well. Yeah, awesome. So that's why I think I was lucky. Yep. If I did that today, <laughs> I, would, I would probably place last. But that's fine. And yep. that's why I don't do it anymore. Not because, you know, I'm not what they're after, but I don't want to go to that next level yep. of depletion. Um, and I see many of my patients who are competitors, um, both male and female, but say in particularly female who have lost their menstrual cycle or... Uh, even post-comp, they might have not competed yeah. for 18 months and they still haven't got it back. But, yeah. you know, they've started growing hair on their face or they've got really bad acne. And I don't want that for me. Uh, yeah. And part of why I loved it so much is I felt that I was setting a really good example to be able to what bring health yeah. to the fitness industry. Yeah. To me, health and fitness are combined. Yeah. Unfortunately for... In the real world, I think they're two different things, right? Yeah. Like you go to the fitness expos and you're like... Well, like this isn't what most <laughs> holistic coaches or you know professionals would would deem health. Yeah, yep, yeah, absolutely. Uh, what was it? What if you could tell? If you could go back, and obviously you were promoting this then by what you what you were doing. But if you could go back and kind of tell yourself and the rest of the population that you that were there back then, with all you know now, what would you tell them? What would the if you could have a billboard in f- mm. you know, in front of them all and they could sit there and read read a message, what would that message be? Oh, you know what? I sort of know the message without being able to articulate it into one sentence. Yeah. I think... Um, it's a big billboard. It's, it's a huge billboard. <laughs> it's like a whole novel. Um, I think one of the biggest things that can really affect people in that particular industry is how you mentioned the, the goalposts can change so yeah. far. That can change overnight. Mm. Or from one weekend to the next. Like you can compete at a state competition and win and then you can do nationals the next day or the next weekend yeah. and not even get a look in. So you can present and exactly the same. If not better. Yeah. And they'll be like, oh, you weren't, you know, it wasn't what you're after. Yeah. We wanted today. Crazy. And that's the sport. But that has a huge mental impact on many, many people. And I think yeah. just to be able to sort of shake people and wake them <laughs> up and go, come on, like one day when you're not doing this, you'll look back and realise that the uh, emotional rollercoaster that goes with it is not healthy. Yep. It's actually so detrimental. Yeah. Um, I think that's the biggest learning curve there, yep. among many other things yep. like, you know, p- performance and enhancing drugs and, yep. you know. Yeah. What was it like being in a world that obviously there's such a grey area between the performance enhancing drugs and then the natural and, and you know, it's obviously there's tested and untested mm. federations and, and, and different competitions and things. But what was it like kind of not knowing or not being able to control what other people are doing when mm. it's a competition that's subjective because yeah. it's like it's almost like a melting pot of oh you no. know, of, of of physical and and mental potential physical and mental trauma yeah in a way yeah totally um I mean I competed in all the federations so both natural and untested well yep. untested I mean I never got tested even yep. at natural shows um, and I was always hand on heart a natural athlete yep. and I prided myself in that to be able to compete against open events yep. or in open events against potentially People athletes on whatever they <laughs> yeah. might be on yep. um, and be able to maintain my own um, I don't know what the question was now I can't remember either <laughs> um, how did that time as an as an athlete shape what you do now 
Uh, I think having that first-hand experience in, um, I mean, like I said, I didn't go to any extreme depletions with diets yeah. compared to other people, but I definitely um, was m- put more into it than, you know, yeah. the average day of eating type of thing. So I think having that personal experience um, has really shaped me to be able to relate yeah. and help my patients now. Um and Being in that world, did yeah. you meet people, spend time with people, create relationships with people who were going to that, to yeah. the the end of the oh, almost everyone. limit? Yeah, yeah, almost everyone. Yeah. So what did you learn from how you saw them do it and, and how they maybe presented? Um, well, I think that's sort of the sad part. Like sometimes doing what they might have thought was everything they needed to to be the best sometimes well, a lot of time didn't really work not only for their yeah. own health but like it's not actually always cracked up what they might have thought <laughs> it might be yeah um so yeah I think that's sort of sad like to do all these things on a whim and take this and inject that and supplement this and you know starve yourself here and whatever they were doing there's so many different things mm. people did yeah. um but yeah, I think that's just the sad part because these things have can have pretty bad repercussions and long yeah. term, like not just yeah. always a quick fix. Like I said, I have patients who haven't competed for eighteen months and still don't have their cycle back, yeah, or have started crazy. growing like facial hair. So yeah, yeah, yeah I've always looked looked at health as like long term sustainable, like capacity building, right? You want to be able to be and do more. Mm. Um, and Absolutely. That juxtaposition between health and fitness fascinates me because for majority of the population that like don't live in the world that we live in in terms of we do this every day Mm. the first thing when you talk about fitness they think of that they think of bodybuilding they think of being lean being shredded being superficial um it's the superficial stuff whereas long-term health and well-being is Mm. is not that world yeah Um, absolutely what's so you obviously competed for for a lot of years yeah. and then what did your practice look like while you were competing and then when you finished up? So um, I sort of stopped practicing as a naturopath when I left that <coughs> clinic first yep. off. Um, I still incorporated it into like my nutrition plans but I really went down the healthy eating nutrition plan, writing programs <coughs> world for some time. Yep. Um, over those years I worked alongside health food stores, sports supplement stores, um gyms like operating gyms I owned a gym um and then it wasn't until like the week before COVID (laughs) where I was in a workplace that became quite sleazy and I was over it yeah I didn't stand for any of it whatsoever and I thought right that's it with the help of my partner I formulated a really satisfying resignation (laughs) and that was it and then um, I decided right I'm going to enroll in the Bachelor of Health Science Naturopathy. Huge. It was only eight subjects to complete upon my prior study. Yeah so it was only meant to take 12 months awesome and COVID hit um, it took yeah it took two years which is fine um but Perfect timing, I had the length of what absolutely. the lockdowns lasted for. Yeah, I good. had no Smart. excuse other than to study. Um, so, yeah, then I graduated there and um, opened my business purely up until this stage has been via Zoom consults. Yep. Um, that's worked really well for me because it's quick and efficient and I still feel like I build such a great rapport with my patients. Yep. And I think people can sometimes be hesitant to book an appointment when it's on Zoom because they feel like, oh no, they won't be able to relate to me. But I I am I know that that aspect doesn't yep. l- lack in my awesome. online clinic. Um 
Yeah. So, so I think if you dial into a Zoom and you're actually like eyeballs are on the screen, there's nothing else going on, you don't have your phone on you, like Yeah. It's almost <clears throat> you almost take away the normal world of of distractions totally. away from you and you just like just dial into that yeah. what's happening then. And, and there. I'm not there just to have a meeting and have a chat and be distracted. Like yeah. I'm completely honed in on finding out your entire health history. Like I want to yeah. know you and how I can help you. So yeah, anyway, I think COVID uh, did help um, in terms of telehealth. Like yeah. it's people are people, more familiar yes, with definitely. that. Um, people know how to use QR codes now. Yeah, so that's that's <laughs> what I've been doing since. <laughs> yeah, awesome. So what are, the, what are the principles that over your journey you've kind of stuck with to help build your practice what are the if you were to elevate a pitch us your your business and what you do and what you think is important mm. what are they yeah it's a good question I haven't really thought too much about that and what applies to me personally in my practice I think so much of my education is naturopathic principles and philosophies um, such as like first do no harm yeah. uh, treat the whole person uh, which which basically means, you know, obviously don't do any harm. Never implement something that will make something, someone worse before better. Yep. Treat the whole person, meaning don't just cover up the symptomatic picture, like find out what's going on. Yep. Um, uh, like the doctor is teacher, meaning like teach your patient along the way. I think yep. those things really resonate with me um, and for how I operate in my clinic. I really do want to... Like the perfect patient for me is someone who's long term in terms of they see me, we I help them for a couple of consults and then off they go on their merry way and they're long term as in in a couple of years' time when they have something else that's popped up, yep. they'll come back to me. But I don't yep. wanna see you for <laughs> yeah. every week for the yep. next go two experiencing years. and learn and yeah and yeah. build build your own understanding and knowledge. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Long term games with long term people, that's what we're here for. Oh, king of quotes. <laughs> yeah, it's a good book called Infinite Games. Yes. Um, yeah, awesome. So what, what are the kind of – what is your – do your clientele look like at the moment? Like are you – do you see a particular group of people or are you mm. a bit more general and holistic? Um, I like to think of myself as a generalist in terms of I don't specify in any particular area. I, yep. I like to delve into all aspects of health for all different types of patients. That being said, I do draw in um, 20 to 30-year-old females with hormonal imbalance or skin issues or gut health issues yeah. and that's probably because I am a young woman yeah, who they probably feel they can relate to and that's probably the type of content I've put up occasionally into yeah. like I, I think gut health is huge um, and yeah a lot of people can relate to that so yeah, yeah. that's probably a big part of my um, patients at the same time like I see women who are wanting con to conceive partners who um, have previously been told that they're infertile yep. um, and we sort of help them to not be. Um, I see males as well. Um, I see women for menopause, postmenopause. Um, I've treated kids. So, yeah, I I do have a broad range of clientele. Yep. But, yeah, I, it's always that bell curve, right? You have, part, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. What, um, let's talk about some of those issues you mentioned. So, gut mm. health, like what a, what are the two or three bullet points that you one wish everyone knew and that you commonly see what issues you commonly see come up? I wish everyone knew that food is medicine. Yeah. Period. 
That's it. <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt. Yes. I'm yeah. going to print that off for a quote for you downstairs. Perfect. You can hang that up. Perfect. I'll, I'll whack it off on the wall. <laughs> um, yeah, look, what I see a lot of is um, IBS, which is BS diagnosis. Like, you I mean, don't it's a, just a blanket term, right? Uh, yeah, it's, it's like a shin, syndrome. shin splints or... It, yeah, a syndrome. It's yeah. like we don't know what's going on with you, so we'll give you this label. Yeah. There's, there's always a cause for it, and I think something I find frustrating not particularly with my patients but more so with um like their opinion of oh no that won't work for me I've tried everything nothing works (laughs) in my opinion okay sure credit to you you've tried a lot of things but the things you've tried have not been effective for you because you haven't found found the right thing yet Um, or you haven't done it properly or you haven't done it long enough so or many something variables. along those lines, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I see so many IBS diagnosis, which is rubbish, yep. um, which generally consists of um, gut aches, pains, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, or both. Yeah. Um, and that's probably it in a nutshell, like blo- bloating. Yeah. Yeah, uncomfortable pain. It's pretty, com- so, pretty common. Yeah, I mean... Not normal, but common. No, absolutely not normal. Not normal should not be just accepted. Um, but bloody hell, is it common? Yeah, yeah. Where so you, outside of your your studies, where do you go to learn about gut health and learn about all mm. of the the causative causative factors and yeah. and all of the treatments and things like that? Um, so I research a lot of um, uh, like studies through PubMed. Um, they can be really helpful, but I'm also open-minded that I know sometimes that you can probably find a study to back oh, any 100%. argument, right? So, um, yeah, definitely <coughs> helpful, but, um, it's not my only go-to. Um, I listen to many health podcasts, um, shout out to ATP, love their podcasts. Yeah. And a shout out button. Yeah, yeah. Like we used to have a bell. What I don't kind know of, where the bell is. Is that what it would be? Would that, that would uh, be a good sound. We used sound. to have a bell. And I'll, find a, I'll find a shout out bell. Ding! That's a, for um, a later, later job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that, yeah, like podcasts. Um, I've got some great textbooks, but that probably goes back to my education because yep. that's where I, um, I source those from. And um, there are some sort of databases that I'm I have subscriptions to which have a lot of scientific research that back their... Yep. Um, like all the evidence-based um, ingredients and um, that's really, really helpful. And then yeah. um, I also do like a lot of webinars. I'd probably do a webinar once, twice a week awesome. um, to just, just keep updating. Like filling, yeah. filling the cup in terms yeah. of like what you're learning. And look, I mean, I think uh, you, you can never stop learning and <laughs> probably about any industry, but yeah. I think when it comes to health, there's so many yeah. different... There's an infinite amount of ways to approach si- any simple thing. Yeah, like what's the saying about skinning a cat or something? I, I See, I was I th- was thinking that, but I was like, I don't want to talk uh, about skinning cats. No. Um, many roads lead to Rome. Let's go with that one. Oh, that's um, nice. I think <laughs> every road leads to Rome if you want to travel long enough. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I think that like that's a fascinating... And something that um, I've looked at my practice and my mm. coaching and how that's evolved and changed over the years. And I kind of get to the point now where I'm like, well, none of it really matters. Like what you do yeah. doesn't matter as long as you're enjoying it and as long as you're making progress and yeah. as long as you're not going backwards and not making yeah. making you worse or doing harm. Yeah. Um, and I think I read something the other day and it sort of was like similar to what you're saying, like not going backwards, not doing harm. Um, and it was basically just trying to clarify the difference between 
having an opinion because it's definitely scientifically <laughs> backed, yeah. or having an opinion because anecdotally that's what you find found has worked for yes. you or your patients yeah. or just what you believe in. Yeah. And there's no harm in that. There's no harm in saying like I like to do this because yeah. I've found it works. But you don't need to always say, "Oh, this is the only way to do mm. it." Well, when you you mentioned that, you can find a, a, a journal article that oh. can back up pretty much any claim yeah. that you want. So we end up kind of just you know cherry picking the studies that work for us that back up our yeah. ideas and, and ignore the others but at the end of the day life is so much more there's so many more gray areas mm. than that and I like I like the idea or the thought process of like everything I know and believe right now is, is going to be proven wrong at some point because mm. like you look at different That's times in your one. life when you thought of thought something was you know 100% truth and yeah. you, you kind of look back and like fire I was an idiot and yeah. and you can kind of go through most of our core beliefs and they and look at it that way and even the way that you know, if we look at a simple health example, it's like fat was the enemy, then sugar was the enemy, oh. then, you know, everything everything has had its time. Smoking being, was good for you. Yeah, exactly. It's Everything's had its time being the enemy. Yeah. And if we approach all of our current belief systems like that yeah. and go, well, it's probably going to be proven wrong in a year, oh, a decade, 30 come. years. It's, it's fascinating, right? Yeah. It's, so you kind of go... Well, we do this, and like I look at the way we coach, it's changed yeah. and it's adapted so much over the last seven or so years since we've been in here. Mm. Um, and I look at it now and go, well, in two years, hopefully we're going to look at the way we do things now. And we're like, we were, we were dumb, we were missing the boat, or there was different things. But at the end of the day, all you can do mm. is kind of take anecdotal evidence, take your own experiential learning, take the uh, scientific literature of what it's telling us, mm. take it all that, mix it all up, do you know, what works for take you. It with a, take it with a grain of salt and do something yeah. you enjoy. Because, yeah. yeah, I think um, too many people in our industry, and that's health and fitness and yep. performance industry, just take things way too seriously. Yeah, yeah. And, and live by live and die by the sword of a particular method. Whereas yeah. at the end of the it's day, it's a bit defensive. Yeah, it's we we want to be led by led by the evidence, and mm. we want to be evidence led, but we want to be based on principles mm. that. Are experiential, mm. I think. And when it comes to reflecting on like the changes you guys have made here and the way you mm. train people and coach and things, do you find that you're your worst critic? Yeah, yeah, in a in a way. But I kind of know that. Well, there's nothing I can do about what we used to do. But do you think like anyone, like any of your clientele here, would be like completely on the same page? Oh with you no, no way. Like, oh yeah, like no. the way you did that then. <laughs> was, like, what was I thinking? Whereas no, you were probably because like, I can oh. say, well, this is what I did this because of this, right? Yeah. So, um, I think. Because we, the way we, because we're all very different coaches in terms of our team, and mm. um, we kind of have, I guess, our virtus values and our principles that allow us to do things differently, but the same in in that. Mm. And at the end of the day, if we can justify what we do and why we do it with our current level of understanding, when we level up, it and just you're it's yeah, um, we don't we we transcend what we did yeah. and. In, and still include that, but then we kind of add, you add more, right? Yeah. You add, adding layers yeah. and adding quality. And um, I have no doubt it's exactly the same for your practice. Yeah. It's like when you, if you jump on a webinar tonight and learn something, you're like, well, that doesn't dis- disregard everything you've learned. It just, no. it, you're adding something else. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's mm. a big part of growing personal growth, business growth. Yeah. Not only for our industries, but yeah. yeah. I think it's being, a, and Life. being aware of like your biases and your, your <laughs> yeah. personal, um, the recency bias is one that fascinates me. It's like if you listen to a webinar tonight, mm. there's a very good chance that you're going to see start seeing that thing that that webinar is on in every one of your your 
clients over the next couple of weeks. That's very true. And it's just it's when like when you buy a new car and then yeah, you and you see, see that, that car, car everywhere. everywhere. This is it. It's um, it's just yeah. So like, mm. I, know, I look at what we do, and you know, none of it matters, but it all matters. It's kind of that. Yeah. It's both of those things, but if you take yourself less seriously and mm. kind of go, well, just do your best, mm-hmm. do it for the right reasons, you know, then you just get to show up every yeah. day and make a difference. Absolutely. I'm on b- I agree with that. Yeah. Love that. I love when people agree with me. It doesn't yeah. happen very often. Um, <laughs> what's the, uh, actually, we were talking about the different areas before. Mm. Um, so we had a little chat about gut health. Mm. Talk to me about conception mm. and what you've learnt through study and through your your clients over the last few years yeah I think um there's a couple of parts to that um so people have come to me who have just wanted to get in the best shape and health possible um before trying to conceive um and that's more so about just um having some blood tests run have a look at their nutrient status um, and get them on the optimum end of healthy um, to start off that process. And that's really enjoyable <clears throat> and quite straightforward. Um, and then there's the other aspect where maybe a couple who um, could have struggled to conceive yep. um, or been told that um, the only options are IVF or things like this. And some frustrations or sort of like road <laughs> roadblocks I've yep. um, seen along the way have m- <laughs> more so been like, okay they might not actually be infertile but like maybe the woman has polycystic ovaries that's undiagnosed and rather than just um using diet as intervention and increasing insulin sensitivity and maybe losing some weight and balancing out the hormones um they've just sort of been offered IVF as a treatment which is so expensive and not not a guaranteed solution so I think for me I kind of like I lose a bit of faith when I when I hear that this has happened to people because I think god if only you knew that if you improve your diet and lost weight you would have a far better chance um and I mean what would you prefer to spend your money on I mean (laughs) how much is the cost of IVF these days yeah Mm. it's almost almost like the IVF I guess would be looked upon as the easier as as the not so much the easier option, but it's more of a quick fix. It's more of a, it's a big money maker. It's a, it's, a, it's the band aid. <coughs> it's yeah. the you know you kind of skip the you miss the forest for the trees a little bit, mm. and you go well. Let's just ignore all that, yeah. and then and I guess you could say that for almost any medical or performance um, changes you're trying to make, right? Yeah. Like most people miss the simple yeah. shit. Are you sleeping eight hours a night? Are you totally. drinking three litres of water? And don't get me wrong. I mean, it certainly has its time and place. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But I just feel disheartened when I see someone who isn't educated about the basics yep. but sold something really expensive yes. because that's not good for them yep. and it, it's not even guaranteed. Yes. So why don't we just get them healthy. It is an interesting with. one because so many people would, would go, well, it's not working. It's been 18 months. Let's go to a, mm. go to an IVS but specialist. But then for, that's different for everyone. Like what's not working for mm, some exactly. people, a p- couple that could be really healthy and genuinely doing everything that needs to be done or, oh, it's yeah. not working because a very unhealthy, overweight couple have been trying but they're only doing the yes. motion. They're not doing the lifestyles. So, you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like that scenario is different for everyone. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, no no shame on IVF. I'm not complaining. I mean, I mean it's, um, it's a brilliant, it has its time and place. It's a brilliant yeah. tool, but it's, it's a tool I in just, the toolbox. I just want everyone to be healthy. Yes. There you go. There's, there's full circle for you. And, I, and yeah, because <laughs> I find it fascinating because 
you know, talking to friends that are trying and have yeah. been trying for a long time. And like, we were really lucky that um, the girls happen way too easily. Yeah. Um, but it was, you know, and we didn't have to go through that. Yeah. Um, Look, I think a really important part um, when you are at that stage is to have the blood test done. Yeah. Check the, the uh, like your nutrient status. Yeah. And this is something that I guess um, – is a bit of a controversial opinion, but it's my controversial opinion. And I think the normal ranges on blood tests are far too broad. And I think they're based on the average (coughs) or sick population. A big, large study of people, (coughs) big group of people that are in pretty shitty health and maybe just like average health. And they go, oh, that's a normal range. I don't want to be normal (laughs) with them. Yeah, and I don't it's want like, my patients yes. to fall it's like in that top, group. Top end of normal should be baseline. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's my my opinion and yeah. my goal with all of that. Like, if you're told your range is here, it's quite often I'll say, right, that's good. Mm. I want you here. Yeah, and there's good reason for yes. that. And I guarantee, I know my patients feel better when yeah. they're at this level compared to this level. Yeah. So. Yeah. So what's the if someone someone comes to you with um, with trouble, they're having trouble conceiving. Mm. What what is the process you take them through? So the blood tests, you obviously yeah. do some lifestyle stuff. Yeah, um, and look, to be honest, that's that's the biggest part of it. Yeah. Um, the bloods would include, um, say, like the most common nutrients like iron levels, yeah. um, because your iron, I mean, females can be more commonly deficient or on the lower end compared to males anyway but then carrying a pregnancy the iron levels deplete anyway so to be on a really high healthy range of that um vitamin d i mean god the last couple of years through lockdown being inside and everything um and we're also in victoria so like we're so far tell you what some uh Less La Nina would be great. Yeah, yeah. And some sunshine. So basically all of us should be supplementing vitamin D over the winter months yeah. because even if we're outdoors, we just don't get enough. Um, so B12, zinc levels, but even for males as well, especially yeah. for males, that would be probably my most common nutrients to test for in a blood test. Lifestyle advice um, really comes down to the nervous system um, and quality sleep and de-stress. Like, I mean, how many miracle stories do you hear about people conceiving once they stopped trying so actively (laughs) and stopped stressing about it, right? Um, And then when it comes to supplements, um, I mean, look – Everyone is individual, so it's it's there's no blanket rule. But I guess the things I would look for would be like, do they have enough choline? Do they have enough folate? Yeah. Um, just these nutrients that are really specific for fetal development yeah. and early early stages, yes. just to make sure that they're already yeah. in the system. The things that yeah. can potentially, if you're at the right level, can pre- prevent miscarriages yeah. and things like that. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, and that's it. Another, it is. Yeah. It's quite straightforward, <coughs> and it's yeah. again, uh, that's not guaranteed. Yes, to well, always this, have yeah. success, nothing is. Yeah. But um, at least you feel it's better. Looking, You'll be happier and healthier. Yeah, it's like when we when we have new members in here, it's similarish conversation. We don't do the bloods <coughs> side of things unless there's something, you know, glaringly mm. glaringly obvious, glaringly wrong. Um, but that conversation around like, all right, here's what's controllable. Here's what's not. The what's not controllable is. The outcome, it's yeah. the losing, like it's the being in a certain weight, it's the conceiving, it's the yep. you know reaching a certain performance yep. um, metric. Mm. What is controllable is <clears throat> eight hours sleep. It's yeah. drinking your water. It's finding ways to de-stress. It's and those things cultivating, are huge, yeah. and, right? Oh, it's yeah, because we, 
uh, and you know, it's similar to what we were talking about before, but our industry, they just everyone argues over over the little details that don't really matter. The frivolities. And, and kind of just forget that yeah. you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter how you train as long as you're enjoying it, you get good sleep, you get n- nutrition, mm. you're going to move the needle, mm. you're going to make, make mm. improvements. Oh, ovulation. Sorry, that was the other key yep. thing. That's the major thing that yep. you need to ensure is happening. Anyway, back over to you. <laughs> Uh, you just threw ovulation at me. So now I'm, I completely <laughs> forgot what I was going to say. Um, that, that's essential to conceive. You have to make sure you're ovulating. Yeah. So talk not me through you personally, but yeah. I mean, yeah. Hope, I hope not. Um, <laughs> talk me through your process f- when you have your first consult with a mm. pardon me with a new per, new client. Do you client patient patient? Client? Oh, I say both. Yeah, I matter. don't know what's um, a new human when you have a new human yeah. in front of you. What's your, your process? Because I guess the talking before about people not necessarily wanting wanting to get on Zoom calls or not necessarily wanting to um, like making that step to join a gym or see a naturopath mm. or go see a GP or see a psych is difficult. It is. Um, it's it's a barrier, and we want to yeah, and we want to be able to break down those barriers. So, yeah. can you give us an insight into what your process is? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I probably have. Um, even though, as I say, I treat everyone as an individual, I yep. probably have a very similar start of consult yep. rollout that takes place and it's, hi, how are you, introduce yourself. Everyone's a unique snowflake, but at the end of the day, we're all pretty much <laughs> the same. It's very cute. Um, but yeah, I want to know, um, have you seen a naturopath before? And that will give me insight into um, their expectations from yep. the consult. Um, and then I explain basically the rollout of how I like to roll, run my consult, which I will spend the next allocated amount of time asking so many weird and wonderful questions. <laughs> yeah. um, and I'll say, although I'm looking over here and then here at my computer, you have my undivided attention. Yep. I'm like, you're here. And when I'm over here, I'm taking notes. Yep. Um, and then I explain um, what you can expect from this is guaranteed diet and lifestyle advice. And depending on your case, perhaps supplement advice or something else. Yep. Um, and sometimes uh, a referral for uh, more testing, whether it be like um, blood test or poo test or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I basically have the same explanation of, so uh, I following the consult, I'll go away and formulate a tailored plan and yeah. then email that over to them so that they have a copy to it and we can both access it and edit it at the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I jump straight into it and what brings you here today? No, <laughs> yeah. I don't say that. Oh, I don't tell say me, that. <laughs> tell me how you feel about that. How does that make you yeah, feel? Yeah, I mean, it's... It's a great insight. And so what is the, say, if I was to come see you, what does the first three months look like? Oh, I mean... And, I, and, I, and obviously saying this from a, in a general perspective, because obviously it's different for each person, but oh, if you could blanket, blanket it. I can't. I can't? actually can't blanket yeah. that. And the reason being is there are many patients I don't even see for three months' yeah. time. Yeah. I might see for one or two consults yeah. and then the interventions <coughs> that we've added have been really helpful and they go away and they yeah. might come back in 12 months. Yeah, awesome. Or, or not, or they might come back for something else. So yeah. I, I actually can't So it's kind really of you do, a, you do a consult or a couple of consults and then yeah. it's kind of and like, some people I see here's the boxes to tick. Yeah. yeah, and look, there are people who um, say if it comes to like a hormonal um, imbalance, something like that I'll probably see for a minimum three months yep. and that's because working with hormones can take so much longer to balance out yep. and say especially with females um, a big indicator to balance to um, monitor the 
like whether the intervention's helpful or effective or not not effective yep. is based on their menstrual cycle which is monthly yep. and it takes a it few, takes few months, months yeah. to get a gauge on yep. if the average is changing or yeah so it's it's generally patients like that that I'll see um for probably up to that time frame maybe a bit longer yeah but if I'm seeing you consecutively for that long for the same thing yep. I'm not helping yes. you yes yeah so, so you're really clear on at the start like yeah. what do you want to achieve yeah. what does that look like where are you now mm. and then you're making sure that you're objectively ticking getting I mean, to those places don't get me wrong financially that <laughs> would be great yeah. if all my patients saw me yeah. once a month every month or however yes. long ongoing but it's just not the reality of it yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's kind of what the way I look at um, like the allied health world, that's where we want it to be. We mm. want it to be a, on a needs basis rather yeah. than, you know, like one thing that gr- grinds my gears in our industry and like rehab and things like that is physios are like, yep, I'll see you next week. Yep, I'll see you next week. Yep, I'll see you next week. Like if you're not moving the needle and actively seeing improvements in this person, then or you're kind of just justifying your job and yeah. you just give them a little massage yeah. and make them feel good for the moment. Like, yeah. See, I just, uh, I mean, I feel that that's wrong. Mm. But uh, I also just don't find it satisfying as a practitioner. So There's time and place for consistent. Totally. And I think a big part of something I would say would be like nutritional deficiencies. And when it comes to supplementation, generally by the time someone seeks a naturopath because they're feeling so crappy is they need a supplement to help bump up their nutrition status because it's been ongoing for years. So in that case, I would implement a supplement. But I... My goal is not to have someone on that supplement for the rest of their life. Yep. Once they're in a healthy level, say if it's vitamin B12, I want to teach you all the diet and lifestyle things that you can do yes. to then once you get to a healthy level, come off the supplement and manage it yep. through your diet and lifestyle. Or it might be iron or vitamin D or whatever. Yep. Yeah. So yep. that's my long-term goal. And yeah. yeah. In here, we want to create self-managed humans. And it sounds like your your views are pretty similar. I just dropped my water it's all on good. Me. I'm going to zoom into that <laughs> bit. Um, yeah, creating self-managed humans is, for us, kind of our goal, right? Yeah. We want people to, to want to train here because of the people and because of the community yeah. and maybe because of the programming. But at the end of the day, we, if someone has to move away and go to another gym or do you know look after their health and well-being themselves, you want them to be able to do that. Yeah. Because all that does is, you know, we spoke about like a baseline and build framework yeah. before. All it does is it gives them a bigger base to build on yeah. and to be able to to do and be yeah. more. Yeah. Um, like, sure, it's great being able to pick up a deadlift, but at the end of the day, being able to chase after yeah. your kids and, <clears throat> and you know, run around and go on hikes and yeah. do cool shit outside of here, that's why we train. Totally. I think um, I said before, like, the perfect client for me is someone who comes along, we work short-term on what needs to be done, and then they find a resolution, they're happy, they go away, and then I'll see them next time, yep. which could be 10 years down the track, <laughs> yeah. for a ne- another yes, issue the because they've chosen up. to come back to me to help them. And that is the perfect client for me because that, I think, is the most rewarding. Um, I think I can develop continue to develop my skills on something new and not prolong and waste someone's time so yeah awesome what is the and this is a big ambiguous question what does the future look like for you and your practice yes well um I will be diving into face-to-face consults coming soon. Awesome. Um, I hope that is a really lovely nice experience um because as I mentioned, the first time around when I did it a long, long time ago, yep. it, it wasn't. Um, so I'm really actually looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And those consults will, um, I mean, essentially what what 
patients will get out of it is the same questioning and everything, working on the same types of things they come in for. But the difference between a Zoom and a face-to-face is I can then do blood pressure, I can do iridology, I can do physical examinations if required. Um, So they will be a longer consult and, um, yeah, if it is something that is relating to like a physical component that needs to be looked at, um, that will be a lot more helpful. So um, that's probably what's coming up next. Um, Otherwise, nothing too major. Um, I just really want to keep doing what I'm doing. Like I love – what was the first question? What gets me out of bed in the morning? I love what I do. I love – health for myself and I love being able to teach that and help other people improve their health and see I think the most rewarding part is when they go like oh wow like I did this small change and I just feel better like that makes me happy Um, yeah and you can relate to that totally yeah it it ceases when you have those moments it ceases to be about like you know the the big picture the growth stuff and it's just like well this is why i'm doing it i'm doing mm. it because i want to help people get from where they are to where they want to be yeah um yep. it's and, nice yeah and then you, you empower people to take control of yeah. their life and their health and and yep. what they're able to do which is nothing better yeah awesome Absolutely. any more for any more no any uh so how do people if people want to see you if people want to book consults how do they get in touch yeah, well, good question. Um, I don't have a website or anything just yet. Hey, hit me up if you're tech savvy and you know what to do because I sure <laughs> don't. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I just have a um, an online booking link yeah, where awesome. people can um, book in and prepay for their consults. Yeah, I'll whack all those um, in the notes thank and Thank you. Things. It's currently just my um, main platforms, Instagram, um, yeah. but also on Facebook, just Katie Jean. Katie Jean, Katie Jean Health. That's me. Um, awesome. But, yeah, if anyone has any questions, like, oh, uh, this is what I see a lot of. Like, a lot of people just book straight in, which is great and really straightforward and yeah. easy. <laughs> <laughs> Ideal. Um, but, yeah, some people do message and go, oh, like, I've been struggling with this. Is this something you help with? Yep. You can help with. And if that's you and you need to have that clarified, reach out and ask. Cause, Perfect. Yeah, no harm done. Awesome. Love your work. Thank you. Bit of... Oh, it's not working. Oh, the yellow button. Up. Have a good day. Oh. Be amazing.